Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right, well, my name's Ben Moss, and uh, I'm the college pastor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, I'm a college pastor here, and uh, uh, I love what I get to do. I mean, just day in and day out, uh, I'm just so thankful uh, for all the things that, that Jesus is doing uh, in and through us. I want to show you a quick picture of my family, which is my wife and I. Uh, this is <laughs> this is my smoking hot wife, Charlotte, and uh, she is right there. And you know, behind every great man, there's a better wife. There's a better woman uh, behind it, and uh, that is so true. I'm so thankful for her. I want to show you another picture of my family here. Uh, okay, so it's not actually my family, but uh, this is myself right in the middle of the TCU student section just a couple weeks ago, and man, I love hanging out with the college students. Charlotte and I, Charlotte and I like to say that these are our kids. Even though I'm 28, they're our kids, man, uh, and we love hanging out with them. Uh, we got a house right next to campus, and you know, I just really believe that this is a window of time where that C in TCU, Texas Christian University, is coming back. I really do believe that God is on the move in such a way, not just here at Antioch Fort Worth, but there's some amazing, amazing things happening with all the different college ministries uh, at TCU, and it is so powerful. God is on the move, and we are believing for a movement of God like never before. Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a not normal swing at a Thanksgiving message this morning by talking about worship. Everybody say worship. All right. And, uh, you know, if you have your Bibles, if you know you have your Bibles, I hope you have your Bible. Okay. So if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to make a little mark in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 11 and Luke chapter 17. We're going to be looking at both of those passages this morning. Uh, but I want to start out with a question. I want to invite you into this. I wonder what it would look like for Antioch Fort Worth to be a people who don't just go out from God's presence, but with God's presence in everything that we do. I wonder how that would impact our lives, our families, our schools, our places of work, to have God's presence with us in everything. And to, to start this conversation about worship, it's important for us to understand that all of us are born to worship. We're born worshipers. It's natural for you to worship. So the question is not, are you a worshiper? The question is, what or whom do you worship? Right? And if you're anything like me, there are things in my life that can get in the way from me fully stepping into God's presence and worshiping him all the way back to fifth grade. I'm going to take you there, okay? Anybody know what Heelys are? Okay, great. So Heelys are these shoes where you, you had this little wheel on the end, and you would scoot like, you'd like scoot to class, and it was like a cool thing to do. And literally in fifth grade, y'all, I thought to myself, if I don't have Heelys, I'm not going to fit in. Like, nobody's going to like me if I don't have a pair of these heels. So I got a pair of these heelys. And it was awesome. I mean, I was scooting to class. I mean, it was a great, great thing. 
But as funny as that is, there were little things through elementary school, middle school, high school, into college. And it started this root of comparison inside of me that was so distracting. And everywhere I went, I just felt like I was comparing myself to other people. And I just couldn't be who God wanted me to be. And so there was this struggle within me. And it was preventing me from stepping into the fullness of God's presence. So what's preventing you this morning? What's your Healy story? What is it for you that's preventing you from stepping in? Is it, is it comparison? Is, uh, maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride. I don't know what it is, but I do believe that this morning is a time for us to lay those things down. For us to take them to Jesus and say, Jesus, I give you this. I give you this. Because I want to embrace worship as it fully is and how you've intended it for me. So, I usually have three points where I'm going to talk about how we can embrace worship. But before I do, I want to give you a definition of worship that is not rocket science. It's very simple. And here it is. Worship is love expressed. Everybody say love. Love. Everybody say expressed. Okay. So if it's love and it's not expressed, then it's not worship. And if you express something, but it's not love, then it too is not worship. Worship is when we express our love to God. I heard a story one time about a grandfather and a granddaughter, and the grandfather was getting ready to to leave, spending time with his grandkids, and and he said to his granddaughter, before he's getting ready to to leave, he said, I love you. And uh, his granddaughter looked back at him and said, okay. And he said, "Uh, not the right answer. And he said, okay, I love you, and if you tell me you love me, I'll give you candy. And she goes, I love you, Grandpa. It gives him this big old hug because we express our love. Worship is expressed. All right, so here we go. Point number one is this. Worship is love. Everybody say love. Do you know that God actually commands us to love him? You might think, how can God command me to love him? Well, he can do that because love is a choice. Deuteronomy 11, verse 13 says it this way. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. I love that verse. And what's amazing about it is that this verse isn't just confirmed in the New Testament. Lots of times scholars will take things and if it's said in the Old Testament and it's confirmed in the New, then that adds some weight to that passage. But this verse is actually confirmed by Jesus himself. Check it out in Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So disciples are asking Jesus, they're saying, Jesus, what's the one thing you want us to focus on? Of all the things that we could do, what's the one thing? And Jesus says, love me with everything that you have. So we're commanded to, to love God, but that beckons the question, how do we do it? How do we love God? Well, can I just encourage you this morning when you gave your life to Jesus, God gave you a brand new heart. He gave you the ability to love him right back. The very seed of your emotions, your heart, he replaced it with something brand new. Here's how Deuteronomy 36 says that. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul 
that you may live. So God gives us the ability to love him in worship. But have you ever had the thought, I wish I could love God as much as that person? You know, every morning, uh, Jamie is sitting right here. Todd Knight is sitting right here right now. But normally, Jamie is sitting right here. Uh, And if you ever see Jamie worshiping, y'all, he is I mean, hands up, grinning ear to ear. And I've actually had the thought, man, I wish I could worship the Lord like our pastor. Man, he's so full of the love of God. He's so full of Jesus. But sometimes in our lives, something can happen where we just go, man, I want to love God like that. And the reason that is, is because of, of two things. Number one, love leaks. Love leaks. A good example of this is in our marriage. So Charlotte and I are just celebrating a year, a little over a year, uh, praise God. And uh, I remember on our wedding day when she walked down the aisle, it was like my love cup was overflowing. I mean, it was like, ooh, this is awesome. But can I be honest with you this morning? It's amazing how I leak. Really, like sometimes I can just allow a a little seed of unforgiveness or or bitterness to to get inside of me. Scripture actually says that, that the enemy is trying to shoot arrows at us. And if we allow those to take root inside of us, it can cause our love to leak. So that that's number one, love leaks. But point number two is this that love grows. It grows. My, uh, my parents are here this morning, uh, and I'm so thankful for uh, just them in general in so many different ways. But I can imagine that when I was born and they were holding me, they were probably thinking to themselves, how can we possibly love this child any more than we do right now? And they were justified because I was a pretty beautiful baby. I'm just kidding. Okay. So, but, but they have. They've loved me more and more and more and more every day, every moment, because love grows. So it leaks and it grows. And that's why sometimes when we come to church, we feel full of our love for God. And other times, we feel like we're leaking out and we're dry. But can I just encourage you, if you feel like you're in that that place of, of dryness, no question is too big for your father. You can run to him, and he wants to plug you up so you can be full of love for him again. So that's point number one, worship is love. And point number two is this, really simple, worship is expressed. Everybody say expressed. So true, genuine love is always expressed. If I tell Charlotte that I love her, but I never express it, it's not going to go very well. (laughs) And for all the men, it doesn't work to say to your spouse, honey, I told you 30 years ago that I love you. And if it changes, I'll let you know. Not a great idea, okay? Love has to be expressed and expressed often. And if you grew up in a family that didn't know how to express love, can I just say this morning, you're in a new family now. You are now a son or a daughter of the king. And you've stepped into an entirely different framework for how you can receive and give out love for other people. And if you grew up and had a dysfunctional father, you have a good, good father now. 
You can express your love to him because we have received so much love from him. Now, one of the things that I love about walking with Jesus, there's a lot, but one of them is that there are so many different ways that we express our worship, that we express our love for God. And I I love too here at Antioch Fort Worth that you can come here on a Sunday morning, you can see people with their hands in the air, You can see people quietly sitting down. You can see people on their knees, maybe on their face. You can see them in every different expression. And I just want to say, we need your expression. We need who God has made you to be in worship. And it looks different for all of us. And in order to capture that, I want to show you a video from one of my favorite comedians. Check it out. Wow. My, my favorite is my fish is this big. And if you're a liar, it's this big. I, I, man, that is so good. Well, the reason I share that with you is, is just to say there's a lot of different expressions. There's a lot of different ways that, that we worship God. And the reason that is, is because we have dis- different personalities. And can I just say, I'm so glad we don't all have the same personality. I'm so glad that we have toes and we have index fingers and we have feet, that we have all the personalities represented. There's a great book called Sacred Pathways, and it talks about nine different personality types and the way these personality types express their love for God. And because I kind of like these personality tests, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm going to figure out which one I am. Any Enneagram threes here? Just real quick. Okay. Like two of you. Great. Uh, usually threes are like, yes, I'm a three. Okay. That, that is the achiever on the Enneagram test, just so you know. But anyway, I love these little personality tests. So I'm reading through this, and I come across this one called the naturalist. And I thought to myself, that's me. Because this is the person that likes to find God in nature. And then I read this in the description. This is the person that would like to take a sleeping bag and spend the night by a stream. Not me. I would like to spend my night in the Marriott, but not in the sleeping bag by the stream. If the Marriott's by the stream, then that's great. But, but, but I'm the kind of guy, I want to take the Bible, I want to go out into the woods, I want to meet with God, and then I want to come back to the Marriott and have a steak dinner with Charlotte. Okay, but, but that's just my personality. Now, what I'm about to share, okay, give me grace as I say this. This is very general. I'm about to talk about guys and girls, okay? So this is not in every single case. But in general, women express their love easier than men do, okay? I read this study recently that found this. Women express themselves by listening and talking. All the ladies are like, "Uh uh-huh. Yes, that's how expression works. You listen and you talk. But that same study found that men express themselves by watching and doing. That's why men like the driving. They get to watch and do unless they have to listen to someone talk. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. So Jesus had 12 disciples, and they were all men. And he, he said to them, watch what I do, and then do what I do. That's, that's how he trained them. But then he also said, listen to this parable. And all the guys were like, huh? What? And the women were like, we get it. This is easy. We have different personalities. Okay, in general, men like to do things to feel connected with one another. Men can go play golf 
and only say five words and come home and feel closer. And when they get home, their wife asks them, so what did you talk about? And they say, not much. And they're not lying. But if he comes home and the wife asks, what did you do? He will talk and talk and talk. Or, or ask him about something that he's passionate about, like a girl. He'll talk and he'll talk and he'll talk. Or let's, let's flip it around, okay? If a woman comes home and the man asks, so what did you do? She'll say, we went to Starbucks. But if he says, what did you talk about? You will get an explanation. Okay, why do I share that? I share all that to say, we have different personalities. We have different expressions. The way we receive communication, the way we give communication, the way we receive love, the way we give love, it's different for each one of us. But this isn't just a, a principle thing. This is a Bible thing. There's actually 11 different words in Scripture that talk about the ways that we express our love for God. Now, most scholars take those 11 words and they divide them down into seven because they think that seven is a really good number in the Bible. And those seven words are this. I'm going to throw them up on the screen for you. And just look at all these different expressions. They're amazing. Todah, a Thanksgiving choir. Barak, to kneel, bow down in Thanksgiving. Tehillah, to sing a song of Thanksgiving. Halal, to worship by being clamorously foolish. Yada, to worship with extended hands. Zamar, to worship with a musical instrument. And Shalak, to worship in a loud tone. That beautiful? I love all those different expressions. And you know, there's actually one verse in the Bible that has four out of the seven of these words. Check it out. Psalm 100, verse 4, it says this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, that's todah, into his courts with praise, tehillah. Be thankful, yada, to him, and bless Barak, his name. And if you broke that verse down with the Hebrew descriptions and definitions and explanations, that was all a lot of shuns. Here's what you'd get. Enter into his gates with a thanksgiving choir and into his courts with singing praises. Extend your hands to him and kneel before his name. Isn't that beautiful? So many different expressions. And I love that this verse, it talks about bowing, clapping, shouting, kneeling, extending your hands. Guys, that's not a Pentecostal thing. That's a Bible thing. And there's so many different wonderful ways that we can express our love for God. So that's point number two. Worship is expressed. That leads me to my third and final point. Worship is giving thanks. Everybody say, giving thanks. Couldn't have a message right before Thanksgiving without talking a little bit about, thanks, give, about giving thanks. You know, there's so many things I love about Thanksgiving. Time with family, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, turkey, maybe a little Black Friday shopping on the side, okay? But I just want to encourage you guys, Thanksgiving is so much more than a day off work, a time where we get to stuff ourselves and watch the Cowboys. Thanksgiving is an opportunity for us to pause and really, really acknowledge all the ways that, that the Father has blessed us. And if we're going to live lifestyles of thanksgiving, we have to realize that thanksgiving is so much more than a one-day holiday. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. That word thanksgiving comes from two words, thanks and giving. I know, so smart, Ben, okay? If you flip it around, you get give thanks, okay? Jesus actually coined this phrase. He coined a lot of phrases for us when he broke the bread and he gave thanks, so you might be asking yourself, what, what's the result? When, when I live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, 
what happens in my life? It's a great Bible passage about that in Luke 17, beginning in verse 11. We're going to read a, a few verses here together. It's a story about 10 lepers. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. And check it out. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. What happens when we give thanks? Miracles happen. Miracles happen. Have you ever noticed that miracles always precede gratitude? This passage says, when he saw that he was healed. In other words, the, the reason that he was grateful is because he just received a miracle from God. Why? Because you say thank you after you've received something from someone. So we're entering into the Christmas season here. So when I walk up to you at church and I say thank you, and you say for what? And I say for the Christmas gift you're going to get me, uh, then we're just going to be okay. All right, you say thank you you after you get the gifts. How many gifts has God given us that if we were just patient enough to thank him, we would actually receive it. We would actually walk in it. We would actually see it in our lives because thanksgiving releases the gift in our lives. Seven years ago, I had the opportunity to travel to Mongolia. The college students are going to laugh because all of my stories are from Mongolia, okay? And uh, when I was with there, I was with uh, a missionary there whose name was Josh. And uh, Josh and I were just doing a little bit of prayer for the summer that we were going into uh, working with uh, our church plant there. And uh, at one point, Josh just kind of looks at me and he's totally kidding. And he goes, Ben, what if we had a plane to fly Mongolians all over the world? How crazy would that be? And I'm like, "Ah!" you know, just kind of laughing. I'm like, you're crazy, Josh, you know, no way. But then as I start to laugh, this faith just starts to rise up in my heart. And I felt like God spoke to me, almost kind of convicted me. It was like, Ben, do you trust that I could do that? Do do you believe that, that I could provide a plane for you? Why don't you just start thanking me as if it's already happened? Okay. So I just start thanking the Lord. Over the summer, Josh and I both were like, okay, we're just going to believe in faith that God wants to do this. Thanking him day in and day out. Two weeks before I'm about to leave, Josh calls me, says, Ben, you have to come over to the house right now. I say, can you just tell me on your phone? He goes, no, this is too good. I got to tell you in person. So I go over to the house. He says, you're never going to believe this. A company from America just called us, and they figured out that we were sending Mongolians to unreached people groups in the world. They've offered to give us a plane, provide the money, and pay for everything. We just have to tell them when and where they want to go. Woo! I mean, we were like, let's go. This is awesome. And I actually got to be a part of one of those trips on that plane where we went to an unreached people group north of Mongolia and saw six people who have never heard the gospel give their lives to Jesus. Praise God. It's thanksgiving, though, that released the gift. It's like 
somewhere in the spiritual realm, when we live lives that, that are thankful, we tap into the power of God. Miracles are connected to thanksgiving. One more thing I just want to highlight about this passage for us is, you know, if you had been on the scene and you had seen that guy who had been cleansed from leprosy and he's falling on his face and he's shouting, you might have thought, hey, bro, just chill out a little bit. Like, it's okay if you hadn't known what had happened. But guys, leprosy in the Bible was a disease that, that was, it was ravaging your body. And because of it, you would be an outcast in society. You couldn't have a family. You couldn't have a job. You couldn't, you couldn't have a career. And if anyone got close to you, you would have to shout, unclean, unclean. And not only were you a physical and a social outcast, but you were a spiritual outcast as well because the people believed that it was a judgment from God that was causing that sickness. Basically, the guy here in our passage, he has no hope. So I wanna ask you a question. Was it appropriate for him to fall down on his face and worship Jesus? Absolutely, yes. If you got healed from a sickness, would it be appropriate for you to fall down on your face and worship Jesus? In fact, haven't we all been healed from a disease at some point in our lives called sin? Jesus has rescued us, and he is worthy of our worship. So that's point number three. Worship is all about giving thanks. So we wrap up. I want to give you three simple practicals. These will be quick that I believe can help you to embrace thanksgiving in this season. And the first one is this, to say thank you. Turn to the person next to you and say thank you. Say thank you as often as you can. Thank the barista at Dwell who makes your coffee. Thank the person who holds the door for you. Thank the customer service representative who was on the phone a lot longer than you wanted to be with, okay? Is it a, isn't it amazing when we respond in the opposite spirit, how it opens up a door for us to be able to talk about Jesus with other people? Say thank you often and much. Make it a, a habit in your life. The second one is this morning and night. This is pretty connected to it, but Psalm 50:23 says, whoever presents a thank offering honors me. To whoever obeys my commands, I will reveal my, reveal my power to deliver. In other words, there's th something about thanksgiving that prepares the way of the Lord in our lives. One of the habits that I've started doing is every morning just taking 10 minutes and writing down 10 things that I'm thankful for. And every night before I go to bed, writing down 10 things that I'm thankful for about the day before. And can I just say, when I do that at night, there is something that happens in my sleep that is so powerful. Like, I sleep better. I have prophetic dreams every night. I'm just kidding. I don't have prophetic dreams every night. But... <laughs> I mean, it's like the presence of God is with me when I thank him before I go to bed. So that's morning and night. And the last, the last, oh, I almost gave it away. The last practical is this, the Thanksgiving challenge. Everybody say challenge. challenge. I want to challenge you as an individual or your family to take a few moments on Thanksgiving this year and write down 25 things that you're thankful for and watch what God might do. Watch how he might shift your Thanksgiving day as we step into Thanksgiving together. All right, so that's three simple practicals to help us be those who embrace a lifestyle of giving thanks.
As we wrap up, I want to invite you to be standing with me. Our worship team can come forward. This morning I was praying and just was sensing that this is a morning for all of us to be able to take that thing that's preventing us from, from stepping into God's presence fully and to lay it at the feet of Jesus. I, I literally, I saw that picture in my mind just of, of all of you taking those things and going, Jesus, I give you this, whatever it is this morning. So what I'm going to do here is in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And then I want to invite you, just stay where you are, just to ask this simple question. Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about this message? And I recognize that as we go into this Thanksgiving holiday, some of you are really excited about that. Others of you, maybe Thanksgiving is actually hard for you. Maybe you've got some family history or some things that are difficult. But whatever it is, I believe that this morning we can have a markedly different Thanksgiving by just asking the Holy Spirit what he wants to say to us. So I'm going to pray you can close your eyes with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you that we can come running after you. Thank you that there's nowhere we can go to escape your love, Father. God, even though we we can leak sometimes, we just say again today, fill us up, God. Fill us up with with your love. Fill us up with your presence, God. Help us to step into that this morning. And and Holy Spirit, we just take a moment here to pause and just ask you, what are you saying to me about this message?